Okay, welcome everybody. We are learning Masech Brachos, Staff Beis Omer Aleph. And a few classes ago, we started learning the Gemara. The first 10 lines of the Gemara do not discuss any halachic material or any halachic debate. The Gemara here in these first 10 lines is more curious with what I would call the Seder, the order and the structure of the Gemara. That's what the Gemara is bothered by. <clears throat> So the first thing the Gemara wanted to know was, what was the basis for this Mishnah, our first Mishnah in Shas, talking about the mitzvah of Shema, right? There's no previous Mishnah. So obviously, what, when you ask a question from when do we start reciting Shema, what was the Mishnah's basis for doing so? And why did the Mishnah begin by talking about the nighttime Shema before the daytime Shema? That's the Gemara's opening uh, serve? That's the Gemara's question. The Gemara's answer, Gemara offers two answers. One is that it can't base itself on any previous Mishnah since there literally is no previous Mishnah. This is the first one. So it's leaping off of information in Chumash. When you, go, the words of Shema should be said when you go to sleep and when you wake up. So therefore, we start talking about the nighttime Shema, because the nighttime Shema is the first one that is mentioned over here. I'm, all, I'm reviewing this outside. I'm not re reading the words here. I'm sort of reviewing externally the, the explanation. The second answer of the Gemara is that since it says, Vayhi er, Vayhi bokar, yom echad, that is why we start talking about the nighttime Shema. Because the words Vayihi Erev and it was evening come before the words Vayihi Boker and it was morning. I explained last time that this is a very difficult piece of Gemara to understand. We have literally a Pasuk that is talking about Shema. Shema, it says, when you go to sleep first. Why on earth would you need to tell me Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Boker, Yom Echad? That's not talking about Shema. That's just talking about the creation of the world. But we are talking about Shema. What kind of answer is that? So I explained last week that I think that the Gemara is saying that Yom Echad, using the word Echad, is sort of hinting to the idea that the day where God is one, and this is how Rashi explains this Pasuk in Chumash when you start at Bereshis, that Yom Echad is a process that first starts with the evening and then goes to the morning. <clears throat> okay. So now let's go on. We did not, we're starting new material here with the stuff we did not learn uh, last week. The Gemara asks, Ihachi, if so, meaning if that's your explanation, meaning that we should say that, meaning you're, you're explaining that logically or based on the psukim, you want to talk about the nighttime Shema first, meaning, and you have a reason for doing so. Not just, hey, look, we had to flip a coin. Or like I joked last week, my father said, you know, if you had asked, if you had started with the morning Shema, then you would have asked me why the morning Shema is first, right? You, you would have always asked. But you're telling me, says the Gemara, you're telling me that I have a reason for starting the nighttime Shema first. It's intentional. It's methodical. It's based on the Torah. So the Gemara says, if so, then how do you explain the sequence of the, the upcoming Mishnayas? 
Now, we haven't seen the other Mishnayos yet, but if you were to open up a Mishnah Brachos, where there's no Gemara, it just lists Mishnah 1, 2, 3, 4. So the Gemara is saying, watch what happens now with the Mishnayos. Diktani, what's the next Mishnah? Now, we're skipping up a little. So first, let me fill in one of the blanks over here. The next Mishnah is going to ask, meaning we, here's our first Mishnah that we're covering now, right? When you start saying Shema in the evening. The second Mishnah, which is on Daftes, is going to say, from when do you start reading the Shema in the morning? Okay, fair enough. The next Mishnah after that is going to ask, is going to make a statement, not ask a question, just make a statement. That when the morning Shema, when we say the morning Shema, we say two brachos before the Shema and one bracha after. And in the evening, we say two brachos before Shema and two brachos after. So the Gemara here is asking, why did it structure it in that way? You just told me that you have a reason for starting to talk about the night Shema before the morning Shema. So talk about the night Shema and all of its halachos and associated brachos. Then talk about the morning Shema. What are you doing talking about the night Shema, then talking about the morning Shema, then telling me about birchos kriya Shema, the morning brachos of Shema, and then only afterwards the, the, the evening brachos of the Shema. Ihachi, so again, in the words in the Gemara, Seifa, what about this? the end, right? Like the word sof. Seifa dektani, the Mishnah taught in the morning we make two brachos before the Shema, right? Yotzer Hameoros and Hamareches Hamoyisrael Ba'ahava. Those are that what they mean. Those two lengthy brachos, and one bracha afterwards. That's the one the MSV Yatziv that concludes Gaal Yisrael. Uba Erev and in the evening. We say two brachos before and two brachos after. The two brachos before are Hamari Ravim, Oivamo Yisrael. The two brachos afterwards are Gaal Yisrael, Emes Vemuna, that concludes with Gaal Yisrael, and Hashkivenu. If you want to ask me what about Baruch Hashem Olam Amen Vamein, that is not a brach of Kriyashma. That is an the, the Tos will, ex, will explain the history of that very interesting third bracha after the Shema. It's not the third bracha after Shema. The bracha serves as a quasi-introduction to Shema Esrei, which the rabbis in the times of the Gaonim, this after the Gemara, felt was necessary to be inserted for various reasons that we'll talk about. But it's not one of the brachos of Shema. In any case... The Gemara's answer, the Gemara questions now, listening to Arvis Beresha. The Mishnayos, the order of the Mishnayos should have been, based on the way you just explained it, that we should have been spoken about Birchos Kriyashma of the evening before learning Birchos Kriyashma of the morning. Okay. So that is the Gemara's question. Any questions on that question? So 
I have a question on that, but I'm, I'm going to save it for the answer. Because I'll tell you, I learned this Gemara many years ago. Like Daf Beis and Brachos, I remember learning it for the first time as a young yeshiva buffer. And I remember this answer that the Gemara is going to give. And that this answer has never satisfied me. Let's read the Gemara's answer and then talk about it. So the Gemara's answer is, Tana, the Tana, meaning the author of, or the editor, if you will, the author editor of this Mishnah, Posach Ba'arvis, he started to talk about Maru, meaning the Krishma of the nighttime. Then he went to talk about Shachris. Ad Shachris, once he's talking about Shachris, once he's standing, is meaning he once he's involved in the halachos of Kriyashma of the morning, Parishmile de Shachris, he elaborates the matters and the words of Shachris. And then he goes back. Imagine like a circle, like a cycle. Then he goes back to talking about the words, meaning the matters of Ma, of Arvis, of the evening Shema. So here, I just want to share with you, because this is, I'm thinking back, how long ago was this? 30, over 30 years ago, I learned this Gemara, 31 years ago. So the first time I learned, I was like, okay, you want to explain things, I imagine, in a circle. Let's call it a cycle, because that's really hadar, means like to go back to, what's that term they use when they want to be polite in an email? Let's circle back to that, right? That's the expression. So you're talking about Ma'ariv, you circle to morning. Once you're in the morning, you talk about the halachas of the morning, and then you go back and you talk about the evening. So then I took that on faith, like, okay. But then I realized at some point in my life that this answer offers nothing. This is not an explanation at all. What does that even mean? You're telling me there's an order. You're telling me you want to start talking about one thing and then you start to talk about another. So then if I say, so then why did you then change your mind? Well, I, I, I liked doing that and going in a circle. Who says you have to go in a circle? Why is this a principle? Do you find this anywhere else? I'll give you the answer. You don't. Meaning in all of Shas, quite literally, with the exception of this, whenever there is a series of Mishnayas that talks about something, the Mishnayas discuss the matter in whatever order they're covering it, and they go one thing followed by another. This idea of circling back and, and teaching things in reverse is something that simply does not happen. I'll just give you a simple example that you might be familiar with from our davening. We say a chapter of Mishnayas in Friday night davening. Nusach Sfard, I think, does not say it, or maybe some do, but if you open a Sfard sitter, they say this passage from the Zohar on Friday night before Baruch Hu. But in an Ashkenazi shul, it's called Bameh Madlikin, Bameh Ein Madlikin. Now there, it's interesting. 
I'm going, I'm getting a sitter. You do have a little bit of this, but let me just show you. I'll read the words inside. Which, that's not a perfect comparison to what we're talking about here. So I'll admit that now. My comparison is a little faulty because the opening question is offering no information. But it's a, what I would call, which is the basis of these first 10 lines, it's a stylistic choice. So here I am, I'm opening up before Barhu. Here's the stylistic choice of the Tana here. The Gemara, the mission does do this. With what can you light? Referring both to the wicks and the oils, the fuels for a Shabbos light, Shabbos lamp. With what do we light and with what do we not light? So the Mishnah starts with what we do not light, right? We do not light with the following products. We don't light with the following uh, wick materials, nor do we light with the following oil materials. And it lists all sorts of things that we, we do not light with, okay? Now, I will tell you the reason why the Mishnah there in Bamei Madlikin does it if you have a sitter and you want to look it up, it's interesting. It's on page 322 in the R scroll. But for now, you can take my word for it. Here, yes, Rob, you have a question? If you do, then you have a hand raised icon on Zoom, unless you didn't realize you did that. Okay, so I'll go on. If you have a question, Rob, speak up. Okay. What kind of, why do you have to go back to something? What, meaning, why is this a principle to go back to something? In what way does this answer satisfy anything? It's as if to say, well, uh, there was a method to my madness. I, I decided to go in a circular fashion. We've never gone in a circular fashion with anything else. So here, let me read. So based on this question, okay, Rob, your audio is not working. I see that. If you want to type your question, we can handle it like that. That's up to you. Okay. So in order to understand the question, and I think this will give us some guidance to figuring out the answer. And this answer, by the way, what I'm going to tell you actually does have an interesting practical conclusion, meaning where it will make a difference in halacha. The Tosos is the words, if you're following, if you have a text of the Gemara in front of you, and you have the word ihachi in large print in the Tosos, you should have the word ihachi, if so, which is the quote from the Gemara. Ihachi, if so, sefer diktani shachris beresha, then why at the conclusion of this chapter of Mishnayas does the first tell us the halachas of the Shema brachos of the morning first? So Tosus explains the basis for that, just the question. He says, If you are, meaning if you are pleased to say that the Gemara, the Gemara offered two explanations, if you remember. 
for why we start with Mara first, either because of the line Beshach Bacha Uvkumecha or Vaihi Erev Vaihi Boker Yom Echad. So Tosa says, if you accept the Gemara's answer that the basis for this Mishnah is Beshach Bacha Uvkumecha, then there's no problem at all. Meaning the Gemara wouldn't even ask the question, why did the Gemara round go talk about morning Shema? Why? Because the Pasuk is only talking about Shema, not about the Brachos of Shema. The Gemara's problem is, if you're relying on Vayher, Vayher, then then you're telling me that everything, the Gemara should always be discussing nighttime issues first. In Cain, Sefer Diktani, that's where the Gemara jumps in. Meaning the Gemara's problem was with the words, Vayher, Vayboker, Yom Echad. But I'm going to explain the Gemara's uh, question over here. Or uh, according to Tosos. This is the way to think about the Mishnah. Or I should say the Mishnayas. If you ever take a look, the first chapter of Mishnayos and Brachos are these Mishnayos, meaning there's a little piece at the end about uh, whether we say, whether we mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim at night, a Mishnah that is very famous for being in the Haggadah, right? Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria, that whole thing is in this chapter. But the, how? what's the breakdown? The breakdown is evening Sha, evening Shema, morning Shema. The blessings of morning Shema, the blessings of evening Shema. So Tosos is saying, guess what? There's a perfectly logical explanation for talking about the blessings of morning Shema first. Do you want to, what Shema do you want to talk about first? Obviously, you want to talk about the evening Shema first. Why? Because the Pesach says so. But the Pesach is only talking about Shema. The Pasuk is not talking about the brachos of Shema. Why isn't the Pasuk talking about the brachos of Shema? Because the rabbis invented that. The rabbis wrote down the thing called, they composed the birchos kriya Shema. So that is something they added. Shema is straight from Hashem, right? The Torah wrote Shema in two, three different places. But the Torah is the author of Shema. Since the Torah is the author of Shema, and the Torah says, when you go to sleep, let's keep to the standard of the Torah, what the Torah says, and talk about the evening Shema first. Oh yeah, very good. What about the morning? Why don't we say the morning should follow the lead? So this works perfectly according to Tosos, his theory all along which if Martin gets to, around to listening to this class, he'll like this because this is an issue Martin and I have been debating about this for years, which is the, the laws, the halachos, the rules of birchos kriyashma follow the rules of davening, not the laws of saying shma. What's the difference? What am I even talking about? We're going to see later, we saw, when it comes to davening, meaning Shemona Esrei. Shemona Esrei follows a rule called 
Shachras min right? If you ever heard the Jew, the joke about the Jew in outer space, all right, on the on the space shuttle, then you know, right? Shachras min chamarav, shachras min chamarav. That's how davening goes. But that's not how Shema goes. Shema goes evening morning, evening morning. Or when you sleep, when you wake up. When you sleep, when you wake up. So Shema follows the rules of when you go to sleep first. That's what the Mishnah wants to talk about. Birchos Kriyashma? Birchos Kriyashma is what the rabbis did to enhance the morning, the, the davening. Yes, of course, it enhances Shema, but it follows the rules of davening. What is this? So what does this mean? I'll tell you a practical thing. And this is actually in Shulchan Aruch itself, <clears throat> which is when is the end time for morning Shema? What's called three hours of the day, a quarter of the day. So whenever we announce, for example, say Kriya Shema, the morning Shema, the last time for Shema, which we're going to have, because right before the clocks change, we get really early. And Shabbos morning, it was sometimes we cut it really close. We're going to have Cleveland has the most cities. Cities on the East Coast, they have to say Shema before coming to Shul. Here, if we get a quick enough chazan, we'll be fine. The last time for Shema before the clocks change, the earliest time there in mid-March, it's like 9.39. So by 9.39, in a shul that starts davening at 9 o'clock, unless something went very wrong, <laughs> the, the chazan should have said Shema by 9.39, right? Unless he gets someone slow for Pesuket to Zimra, or, you know, the, the chazan does some chazanus by Shochinad, you know, something like that. We, we should be fine with that, okay? So this is the order. Birchos Kriya Shema is a project that starts in the morning and ends in the evening. And that's the practical angle to this particular rule. Meaning, all the rules of davening start in the morning because that's how the Torah speaks about serving Hashem. We, the way we served Hashem in the base of Mikdash was one lamb in the morning, one lamb in the afternoon. Life starts in the morning. With Shema, life starts in the evening. So let's see. There's a question here. Just let me see it. Yes, Rob is saying, look, you have an idea of a Gemara going off topic or going off on a tangent. So it could be you were to say, look, the Gemara started talking about something, so it went off on a tangent. Meaning, and this is true, Harold is not here. I hope he's okay. But Harold and I, have, we would often have discussions about what is referred to, and you can look this up. It's a funny word. No one ever uses this word in English, unless they're writing a scholarly article about Gemara. The orality of the Mishnah. What is the orality of the Mishnah? It means that the Mishnah, even though it is written, and we have it in writing, the Mishnah was organized in a manner that makes it clear that the first, the people who are using the Mishnah were speaking it orally. It was meant to be, it's written in a way that is meant to be memorized and related verbally. So therefore there is, so that's why tangents happen, by the way. Tangents don't happen because the Amoraim and Tanoim had ADHD. The, the, the Gemara is, it's because it was related orally. So you're saying one thing and you want you don't want to, and you have other, for example, Brachos is famous for this. There's a whole page we're going to see later 
a few pages actually, where there's a series of statements that cover all sorts of topics, this way and that way, all sorts of topics about davening. What do these things have in common? Nothing, except that they are all statements made by Rabbi, by Rabbi Yochanan, quoting Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So the Gemara goes a full page. I'll tell you something else Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And now I'll tell you something else, because otherwise there would be no glue to stick all these statements together. So they put a whole page just of, uh, of that. So, the, but this here, it could be argued, and this is, this is a good point Rob made, which is that your next verbal statement that you're going to make if you're trying to remember something by heart is right? Because that keeps it, you're, you're, you're on the beat. This, that. Meaning, in, and then once you're talking about shachris, so then to jump back and to talk about Ma'ariv is maybe logical from a text perspective, but not from an orality perspective. So that's the that's what I didn't understand when I saw this Gemara 30 plus years ago, is that point. Meaning the Gemara's answer is not satisfying to someone learning the Gemara out of a book, but it would be satisfying to someone learning the Mishnah Balpeh, right? Orally, by heart. Then it comes in handy. But my other explanation is based on what Tosa said, which is you talk about the Shema by talking about evening first, but the Brachos of Shema, you should talk about the morning first because they talk about the rules of, uh, of davening. Okay? Now, Yeah, it's in later Mishnah. That the later Mishnah is on Tesamid Bays, 9b. For us, it's in 9 Da. For a Mishnah, you open up a Mishnah, it's the next Mishnah, right? All right. So this idea of things being oral. I'd like to point out something. I want to start the next piece of Gemara, but the next piece of Gemara is talking about a different topic entirely. Meaning it's now going to get into the halachos and the nitty gritty of the Mishnah. But it does have a common point. It's a point that I've made in shul often enough. Those of you who remember what I say will remember this idea. It's a very important idea. We'll start the Gemara, like I said, we're just going to start the first couple of lines. Amar Mar. Amar Mar means where we are now quoting something earlier. Sometimes Amar Mar means the master said. That master can be a reference to the Gemara, or in this case, it was actually a quote from the Mishnah. Meaning, let's circle back to the Mishnah. Let's start talking about the Mishnah now. We had a few insights based on the structure of the Mishnah, right? Meaning that the, the topic and structure of the Mishnah is based on, on, on the written Torah. 
and we covered that. But now, and when the topic diverges to talking about the rabbinic mitzvah, then we start talking about the morning. That's what I just explained. Now the Gemara wants to talk about the halachos. Before talking about the halacha, it says, how on earth did you explain this halacha? You said, meaning Mishnah, from the time that the Kohanim come home to eat their truma. So Gemara asked a question that we should all ask. When do the Kohanim eat their truma? Mihdi, let's see. Kohanim, Amos Ka'achli truma. These kohanim, when are they eating their truma? Mishas tzesakochavim. <clears throat> From the time of tzesakochavim, meaning when it's dark outside. When the star, literally, when the stars come out. Meaning the sun is far enough below the horizon that the stars, which were there all along, <laughs> stars didn't go anywhere, right? The stars, the stars are out right now, here in the middle of the day. We just don't see them. The sun has to move, and then the stars, first the closer or larger ones first, and then the ones that are farther away or smaller, become visible. That's what we mean by Tzai So this, they come out at the time, the, the, the Kohanim go home at the time the stars come out. So the Gemara asks, listening Mishas Tzai So you should say, meaning the Mishnah should have said, should have. that's how the Mishnah should have phrased it. The Mishnah should have said, when do we say Shema at night? When the stars come out. That would have been perfect. Why did you create a, a language, a phrasing, that says, it's when the Kohanim come home to eat their truma, and now I have to ask a second question. And I have to say, when do the Kohanim go home to eat their truma? And then you have to answer when the stars come out. So the first thing I'll point out in honor of Harold, Harold would understand this automatically, is that that this question is written in Bavel, Babylonia. Truma is a product of Eretz Yisrael, right? It's something that applies to produce that grows in the Holy Land. So the people in Bavel, meaning naturally speaking, have no idea when Kohanim come home to eat their truma. Meaning they might be learned, you know, so they know they know Gemara, but they had have the people who live in Babel and have been living in Babel for 200 years or more, obviously, have no idea when Kohanim come home to eat their truma. So to give me that timeline is like, tell me what time it is. Don't tell me when Kohanim eat their truma. In Babel, it gets dark outside. That they understand. Stars come out. They get that. When Kohanim come to eat their truma, they do not naturally understand that. That is not part of their life experience. Okay? So that's just one general insight, which is true. But here's my second uh, point over here. Even if you lived in Eretz Yisrael, why not just say that's at the time that the stars come out? So Rab Tzadok HaKohen, who was a Hasidish Rebbe, but also a tremendous Talmud Chacham, he was a Rav and a big Talmud Chacham, wrote a whole Sefer based on it, like what I would call the spiritual insights to this first chapter in Brachos. 
He says something that I consider brilliant, and it goes into what we just spoke about before. And with this, we'll wrap up the share. He says, when the stars come out means, if, or this is me paraphrasing him. I don't want to give him credit for it. He might not like my, my, you know, my thinking over here, even though what I'm saying I feel is based in what I read from his Sefer. If I tell, if you ask me, or if you ask a Shiloh, when do I have to say Shema? I say, if you want to know the halacha, then look up in the sky. That's what it means when the stars come out. Look up in the sky, count your stars, count your lucky stars, right? Count your stars, and then you'll know when to say Shema. That might be a good answer. That's a fair answer. However, not only like we saw in the previous Gemara, is the Torah meant to be oral, the orality of it. But what oral means on a deeper level is not just sounds that you hear. So for that, you can just click on a website and listen to an audio share. The more important thing is that you're learning it from a person. And that is a big deal. What do I mean by you're learning it from a person? What I mean is, Let's re, I'll ask the question again. When do you have to say Shema at night? So I would tell you, look in the sky. And then you're satisfied. What if I were to tell you, instead of you're asking, answering your question, when do I say Shema? I would say, instead of that, I would say, watch what the rabbi does. Or in this case, obviously in the Gemara, watch what the Kohen does. If you watch what the Kohen does, that's where you see the halacha. This is known, the expression for this in halachic literature is called maise rav, meaning the actions of the rav. A perfect example of which can be found in our Mishnah. Rabbi Gamliel is having a conversation with his sons, and his sons are asking him what to do. The same thing happened with Rashi and Tosos, if you remember our first shiurim. What happened there? Rashi said, in our community, this is when they're saying Shema. Tosa said, in our community, this is when they're saying Shema. And they're watching. And they're looking what people are doing. This is the power of what I keep on talking about, the meaning of a minhag. Minhag doesn't mean gefilte fish. Minhag means tershabal peh. Meaning, and what is tershabal peh? not sound instead of print. What it means is observing people, watching what people do. And by the way, not just any people, but people who are there who represent what the Torah is. Like I think I mentioned in the past, if you ask someone, what's Tershabal Peh, right? So people can say Tershabal Peh and they'll point to the bookshelf there that has our Shas. That's Tershabal Peh. That's what people might answer. But what is Tershabal Peh really? Tershabal Peh would be when you had the base of Mikdash and there was the room where the Sanhedrin met. And let's say you had the 71 men who are there who are talking uh, halacha and they're students of the previous generation. I would open the door to that room. I would point at the people who are in that room, and it would say, they are Torah Shabbat. 
and there are Kohanim and Leviim there, as is the halacha, that there should be at least one Kohen sitting on the Sanhedrin. And I'm sure in the times of the first temple, there were many more than just one Kohen who was there in the Sanhedrin. But this is the idea. So here, just to conclude the, the thought here in the Gemara, the Gemara is saying, why are you telling me it's from the time when the Kohanim come home? Why aren't you telling me it's Tesek Ochavim? I'll tell you why, meaning I, right now, not the Gemara, and telling you why. The reason is because that is how you should be basing your halachic life. By looking and you have your window outside and you see Mr. Cohen coming home and it's dark outside and he's walking home to eat his shruma. So they say, ah, there's Mr. Cohen. He's coming home. Shema Yisrael, <laughs> right? You know, you go, meaning because they're there uh, setting the example. So you say, but that's not what the Gemara said. The Gemara is going to say something, which we'll see next week or next class, which is the reason we say Kohanim and we didn't say the stars is because there's another lesson to be learned from the fact that the Kohanim and that we want everyone who's learning this Mishnah to know which is that Kohanim are allowed to eat their trum at night and don't have to wait till the next morning, which is a whole elaborate discussion, which we will see next week. But what is the point that I want to make now? The point is that from the very first Mishnah that we saw here, down to the way that the Gemara began discussing the order of the Mishnayas, down to our now third conversation, which is about why talk about Kohanim, why not talk about stars? All of this points to the same lesson, which is the Torah wants us to follow the guidance of watching people who deserve respect, who have learned Torah and are part of the system of Torah, watching what they do. And this is the continuing running argument over here. Fred. I see you have your hand raised. You're welcome to speak if you did that on purpose. Sorry, got on mute. Um, yeah. Just yeah. As, as, a, as a practical thing for today, it would be like somebody who is going to Alaska and had no would have no idea when to say Shema because it doesn't get dark. So he'd have to look and see what do the people there do. Very good. Yes, this is a constant refrain in halacha, which is Tosus's main point, but it's true of many, all cultures all over the world, which is that if you want to see what the halacha is on something and you don't have someone available, let's say who could point out the nitty gritty, you know, the details, you watch what they do. And then you know that if they are doing it, then it must be okay. Now I will tell you this, Practically speaking, one needs to inquire to make sure that you understand what that person is doing, okay? I'll just give you a very simple, silly example, but it happened to me. When I was Yeshiva Bachar, I had to talk to one of my Rebbeim. He was having an extremely busy week, and he didn't have time just to sit down with me. He had one appointment after another. So he said, why don't you come? I have to go shopping. I have to do the shopping come with me to the supermarket and we'll talk while I'm shopping. That's how busy he was. So I followed him down the aisles of the supermarket as he's going shopping. 
And I noticed that he bought something. I think it was like pasta, noodles, like in a plastic bag. And he threw it in the shopping cart. And then we got at the end of the get putting things in the cart. He went out to the checkout and he threw the noodles on. And I said, I, I conclude from this that pasta doesn't need a hechsher because I didn't see a hechsher on the bag. So he said, it does have a hechsher. And I picked it up and I saw, and this is a common frustrating thing. The label, it wasn't a label, but it was like, it was a, a see-through plastic bag that had a label and the label was a green label. And the OU was green on green, like a slightly different hue of green on the darker green, like slightly dark green on very dark green, which is a terrible idea. I don't know why this pasta company chose to do that. But the point is my Rebbe saw the OU and he, I did not. I drew a conclusion and it was simply incorrect. So for that reason, one needs to inquire to make sure that you un actually understand uh, what it is that you're seeing. But uh, having said that, I, this is a major part of halacha. And like I said, this is the third example of this kind of thinking that we've had, and we haven't even turned the page yet. Okay, everybody, I'm going to stop the recording here. And thank you for listening.